We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, October 29th after the Thunder took on the reigning champion Denver Nuggets earlier today. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Justin Peabody with me. Hello, everybody. I've also got Taylor Peterson. Gentlemen, it was uh, not the best weekend for my favorite sports teams between OU uh, losing to KU, TU got stomped by SMU, which wasn't quite as surprising, but was uh, really embarrassing. We pulled up the score. Uh, the Thunder game today, and the Chiefs lost to the tanking Broncos. So, you know. Way to go, Taylor. Also, my fantasy football team, not doing great. And either, <laughs> actually, both of them are not doing great. And our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> <laughs> Rough weekend for Taylor. Uh, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And we have a full show planned for you guys tonight. Before we dive in, though, want to give you guys a quick heads up on the next week of uncontested podcasting. We have tomorrow night the Thunder take on the Detroit Pistons. Nick and Taylor will have that post game. They'll be jumping on a little bit later than normal, but they will have the post game for you. Wednesday, we have our regularly scheduled group podcast after the Thunder take on the Pelicans, which takes place, I believe, on TNT on Wednesday. Friday, Taylor is with you after the first play-in tournament game. Not play-in tournament, I'm sorry. In-season tournament game. It's not just Justin Every time. Yeah, it's difficult. (laughs) Um, The Thunder will take on the Warriors Friday night. Taylor will have the post game with you on that one. Justin, I believe the Thunder are slated to wear the new alts. Friday they night. are, they are, they are. R- word on the street is we're going to get to see them tomorrow. Ooh, the oh, the debut mm-hmm. or like the announcement. Very cool. And then we're back here again next Sunday as normal. 
so make plans for all of those. If you don't already subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can catch all these podcasts live and interact in the stream. If you are not a YouTube person, you can always just download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We're going to start off today talking about game number three of the Thunder season. Not a pretty one as the Thunder lose to the reigning champion Denver Nuggets 128 to 95. And gentlemen, as as far as a big theme for this episode or for this for this game, I think it's probably something along the lines of the Thunder just could not get anything going. Everything went wrong. You guys were both there in person, right? We yes. were. And you have to witness reference, this firsthand. For reference, more people there today than I ever thought would have been there. Um, awesome. I went to almost every home game last year. If this wasn't more um, attended than any of the 41 last year, uh, it's like top three. That's awesome. And especially when you consider it's a Sunday, it's a matinee, and yep. it was, Taylor can attest to this, disgusting <laughs> it was gross outside <laughs> and 35. on the court i i will say uh i talked to uh, a couple of thunder uh two different thunder employees who work in cells they both told me that it was a sold out game they said any empty seat you, you saw was accounted for uh, that person just either didn't show up or what whatever the it, it was on resale yeah. whatever the case may be uh it, it was considered a sold out game and it certainly felt like it early on jacob like well for example uh, we were running behind because the little guy it was his first thunder game which is really exciting but so it's uh, his every, fault it is i yeah. i told him that i said look brooks <laughs> i'm glad you had a good time and you were really well behaved and i'm so proud Gotta of you tighten that up but you're not welcome back for a long time <laughs> uh <laughs> you're grounded uh, kind of got close to his nap time uh, when he would still be sleeping around 2.30. Long story short, uh, we were running a little bit late. And so there was a ton of traffic. Like, it was 2.20. And I'm, like, on Oklahoma City Boulevard trying to drop off. Uh, my mom was with me uh, to to walk Brooks in. And, uh, I mean, just almost impossible to get close to their arena. And then I finally was able to drop them off and then go and find my, my, uh, my parking garage. And anyways, I, I could tell just then that it was going to be pretty packed and then you got inside and you could feel the energy early on to Jacob's point, but it pretty quickly evaporated as we will get into the champs, man. They're the champs for a reason. They definitely are. You got to see a measuring stick. And I, for me, that's what it was. The thunder didn't play their best game. I think that's the bummer as a, as a fan watching this, like you wanted to see how they'd play against the nuggets, but you wanted to see like their a plus, version of the thunder i think we got a lot closer to that in the previous two games neither of them what i consider like a plus games but like they were really good today didn't feel like that quality of output from the thunder add on to that that the nuggets are really freaking good and that was a, a recipe for disaster yeah just for reference nuggets shoot 60 percent from the field compared to the thunder's 41 <laughs> Oof. Nuggets shoot 40% from three compared to the Thunder's 19. 19. Um, right. Pretty even on free throws, 85% to 84%. Um, the Nuggets had 48 rebounds to the Thunder's 29. Part of that is because the Thunder missed a lot of shots. and There was a lot of available yep. rebounds. Um, offensive rebounds, 10 to 7. Defensive, 38 to 22. Uh, assists, yeah, just... 34 to 22. Total um, rebounds, I had 52 to 41. 
uh, with those same, well, yeah, no, uh, that math doesn't work out. I'm not sure where that came from. Oh, t- yeah. I have 48 on ESPN. <laughs> um, yeah, the Thunder just lost every single, hey, the turnovers were better, only 10 turnovers tonight. But the Thunder <laughs> just lost in like every spot and yep. could not, the Thunder felt like could not get a shot to go. Meanwhile, everything, everything Denver shot was going in. Especially like, Michael Porter Jr. Absurd, like in the arena. Yes. Every time he in. touched it, it was just like, it didn't matter if there was a defender in his face or not. It just felt like that was going down. Yeah. Obviously, Jokic is another one. Uh, anytime yeah. he touched it in the paint, there was just no answer, which is kind of a bigger theme. But I, like my biggest theme, which kind of goes alongside with what Justin said, uh, it felt like a really good barometer. And maybe a sobering. I think you you texted me that Jacob after the game. A very sobering game after the the first two games for the Thunder and Thunder fans to just show how far this team does still have to go to reach that ultimate level. I mean, this is a championship team playing at a championship level that they we haven't saw missed tonight. a beat. They've they been haven't awesome. missed a single beat. And I, I agree with Justin completely. This was not the Thunder's best game, nor were they fully healthy. Um, but even then, uh, obviously, still a ways to go. So I think that was. A, a, kind of a, a good thing to put to uh, perspective early, like J Dub said after the game. It's kind of good that we got this team yeah. early in the season. Curious what that looks like later on in the season. One thing that stood out to me that I, I was kind of surprised to have this reaction myself was that the Nuggets made the Thunder look small. Mm-hmm. Like though that team is so big and not just tall. Like so many times we watch the Thunder play a team and we're like, man, look at the long boys out there. Like they have so much length that they can outlink anybody, but the nuggets are the girthy boys. Like they just look so thick compared to the thunder. Their front court is huge. So you have, yeah, you have Jokic, you have Aaron Gordon, even like Jamal Murray is not a small human being. Michael mm-hmm. Porter jr. There's just so many big bodies. Peyton out there Watson's that, coming off the bench. Yeah. There was big, a moment out like, there where it was like, Oh, this is like when you watch a college basketball game and there's like one team that's all fifth year seniors and one that's all freshmen like that's what it felt like from a physicality standpoint and i think you saw that play out in a lot of the stats i think you saw it play out in a lot of the the moments in the game some of the individual matchups like even putting poku out there as crazy as it sounds like he's a little thicker got some tree trunks compared to chet and like he he looked like he fit a little bit better so it was just a really strong contrast i think seeing the two kind of like body types between these teams I think that's totally fair. It there not only is it the size, but it's the continuity. It's the knowing what everybody wants to do. It's yep. it's having that rhythm. Uh they just they really haven't missed a beat. Um like maturity too. Just yeah. you could tell us it's a guys that have played in this league for a while. I mean there there was one me. point where the Thunder had a lineup out there that was Vasa, Kaysen Wallace, Usman Jang. J Dub and Isaiah Joe, like that was a crazy line. That's yeah. two rookies, two sophomores, and Isaiah Joe, with no true big out there either. You know, that's but, uh, yeah, that's a great point. Not, we're we're gonna forget it from time to time. But like the starting lineup has Shea and Lou, and then has a rookie, a second year guy, and a third year guy. Yep, like they're they're still young. They're still really, really, really young. And a mature team like Denver comes in. So I really got to thinking about this post-game, guys, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Is this just a, 
hey, it's a bad game. The Thunder didn't shoot well. It's whatever. Move on. Is this more of a barometer game where you see it and you think, oh, God, the Thunder have a long way to go to get to where we want them to be? Um, is it somewhere in the middle? Like, are the Thunder really like 35 points worse than the Denver Nuggets? Um, does it make you second guess anything as far as like size? And as Justin said, like just this physical maturity and, and, and broadness and like, Oh, maybe Chet can't survive at the five. Like any of those thoughts enter your mind today, or are you chalking it up to it's game three of the regular season? Is it fair to, I mean, again, always taking the the gray area, I realize doesn't make for good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Taylor. Uh, X.com, you know, you got to you gotta pick one extreme or the other and, and get the clicks, views, listens. I get it. I do think it is somewhere in the middle, though. The reason I say that, um, A, is because it's the third game of the, the NBA season for a very young team, as you just described, Jacob. There is no reason to overreact, and I know that none of us here are going to do that. Uh, this is more so just kind of preaching to the choir, but th- there's no reason to panic here. At the same time, I think it is fair to show like what a true championship contender looks like. Uh, to your point, Jacob, what J-Dub said and what Mark said in the post game, like this is a championship team who hasn't missed a beat coming into the next season. And so this is the level of play, the consistency you have to play with to reach that level. And this young team obviously isn't quite there yet because they're very, very young and still experimenting like we saw with a lot of the lineups. But I am kind of curious, maybe this is a good transition. I, Justin, you were nodding your head. So I, if you don't yeah, have anything I, to add, I just like, I think that it's it's nothing to me. I, yeah. There's no like glaring concerns to me. I think it's I'm firmly in the camp of like it's game three. The Nuggets are really freaking good. They were the champs for the reason, for a reason, and they they pretty much ran it back, right? And this Thunder team's in integrating a lot of new people. They're super young. They're 35 points, actually 33 points worse than the Denver Nuggets right now. But like play this out 82 games get to the playoffs, maybe that looks different, right? Like the Thunder, where they are now, is not to say that in in 80 games from now, they're still 33 points worse than the Nuggets. I think there's a lot of of evolving and maturing and growing that this team is going to go through this season that by the end of the year, who knows? So if we're like looking ahead to a playoff scenario, Nuggets are the one seed, Thunder fighting for the play-in, and they're looking at that eight seed. Are you chalking it up as a sweep right now based off today? I'm not. I think there's a lot that can happen between now and then. A seven-game series is a long series. Like I think there's opportunities where the Thunder are going to continue to grow from this, obviously. I think that's fair. It it definitely outlines like, you know, kind of where they sit in the pecking order right now, which is which is good. Yeah. I you misspoke earlier, Justin. You said uh there's a there's a there's the reason why yeah. they won the championship. And you went back and said there's a reason. Yeah. No, there's the reason. And the <laughs> reason is Nikola Jokic. Yes. Freaking eight today. Yes. Um, I got the stats right here for him. Jokic had 28, 14, and five, uh, 12 of 16 from the field. And here's the thing: the Chet haters online are gonna have a field day. I love what Sam Vicini put on Twitter today. Yes. You see what that dude did to Anthony freaking Davis two games ago? Exactly. exactly. Made him look like a little boy. <laughs> Shout like, out, Nick. I thought Just Chet like, did everything, everything he could, which yeah. leads me to the next part of this that I wanted to talk to. And, and Taylor, maybe you can jump in a little bit here. 
What are some positives that came out of this one? Sorry, I like interrupted both of you all, mainly because I thought we were about to move on from the game. I was like, no, 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 no. I think there's like some big themes, though, uh, outside of just our, or sorry, some big takeaways outside of our big themes that are worth mentioning. Now, the positives, Jacob, I think both of you all will agree. It's something we talked a lot about. I mean, Kaysen Wallace comes in today, maybe is the bright spot for this Thunder team on a very dreary day, I, I've got not just two, outside, but, but on the court. I've got two, but Kaysen just, Wow. Yeah, uh, seven points, three rebounds, three three from the floor again. One of one from three uh, continues to have a ninety percent uh, free throw, ninety <laughs> percent uh, three point shooting percentage, which is uh, pretty fun to keep track Sustainable. of. Sustainable, but look, leads the the bench hey, minutes twenty one yeah. minutes off the bench. But before you dive a little bit more into Kaysen Taylor, um, you were listening off his stats and stuff there. Blocked a Jamal Murray turnaround J. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tied up Reggie Jackson on a drive and just generally against guys that are NBA vets held his own defensively. I just, I want to make sure we mention that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're exactly like defensively immediately making an impact, which we kind of hope to see, but it's extremely encouraging to see it through the first three games of the regular season. And even more so game three against the defending champs that we've already talked so much about on the offensive end, Jacob, like it, to your point, uh, obviously is, is making the right plays, making the right reads in that dunker spot where he's cutting back door. We've seen so many Thunder players uh, really thriving in. Kaysen's doing a great job at one game or one play in particular. And I don't like have, have this memorized. It was something that my dad kind of like elbowed me. I was like, watch this. And it's Kaysen. I, I think Chet passed it to him down low, like at towards the end of the first quarter, there's like three defenders down low because obviously Denver's packing the paint, something else we can get into. Somehow Kaysen's able to just like weave his way between three different um defenders at like what what is he six two six three six four with that long wingspan is able to go up and finish around the rim i mean it's just incredible what he's doing yep. and contributing already and, and i think it's telling that he led uh led the the players off the bench 21 minutes i just i think that was a huge bright spot for me yep i, I think for me on the positive side like we talked about chet and the matchup with Jokic and how Jokic dominated, right? But he does that to everybody. He did that to AD. He does it to Joel Embiid. Like, there's nobody safe from Jokic. On the flip side, we've got a couple of people in the chat calling it out as well. Chet on offense was pretty solid tonight, especially the beginning of the game. Like, that was fun. Chet came out very aggressive. Had some moves at the basket, had some three-pointers. Like, he was in his bag kind of showing off some of what he could do. And I think doing it against Jokic, not that Jokic is known as like this lockdown defender, but he's still the MVP and they're still the champs. Like Chet was not afraid of the stage. And I think that's something we've always known about Chet. And this was kind of one of the first opportunities we got to kind of see it of like, okay, you're on a, you're in a big opportunity. Like he went out there and did some stuff and you could tell he wanted to, to kind of lead the charge to start this game. I think that that's a definite encouraging sign. He's he is never going to shy away from the smoke. The one of the biggest surprises for me so far this season has been Chet's offensive play. Yes. Uh he's I wouldn't say he's underwhelmed me defensively. I think it's interesting that in three games, there's only one of those three that he's registered a block in, and that one he got seven. Seven. He got yeah. zero tonight. He got zero in game one. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. I did not expect the offense to be this far along at this point. Especially after what we saw in Vegas, right? Impressive. I mean, he had some baskets tonight down and around the rim. Um, He's hitting the pull-up three. 
he's got this strange little like short roll floater that he'll hit after like going off the pick and roll. Um, he, the offensive bag is there, man. And it's just going to continue to get better and better and better. I've been really, really impressed with Chet offensively and Kaysen just all the way around. Um, not to end us on a, on a negative note. I do feel like we need to talk about Shea Gildas Alexander, two of 16, only seven points did have seven assists and four rebounds, uh, no turnovers, which is nice. Um, but guys, maybe the worst performance I've ever seen from Shea in a Thunder uniform. Agreed. Yeah. I think that, that if you're looking for a, a, um, a reason for the Thunder struggle, it's it starts with Shea, right? We saw the first two games what he could do and how high the Thunder can go when Shea's in his bag. The the opposite is still true, right? Shea Shea is the alpha on this team. As he goes, the Thunder will go. I don't think they're at the point with the supporting cast where they can go off and rattle off many wins where he goes. What was it? Two of. 16 is that what you said yeah three goes two of 16 that they're not going to win many games yet eventually i think they'll get to that place but they're they're not there yet so i think it's tough it's probably tough for shea i'm sure he wanted to come out and ball out a little bit same thing there though like just like the game in total there there's no alarm bells that need to be sounded because of shea's performance today there's no like oh guess he's not a superstar after all like it happens it's one game look at dame tonight Right, right. Yeah. Dame played like crap as well. It just happens night to night in the NBA. So Shea's streak of seventy-five straight games with ten plus points and thirty-seven straight games with twenty plus points, twenty plus points uh, was broken today, which is kind of wild crazy to think streak. about. That's and an awesome the last streak. time he scored seven was in a Thunder jersey was his first year with the Thunder, his sophomore season wow. when he played with Chris Paul and uh and Schroeder back in 2019 so it was the first part of that 2019 2020 season but I to your point it. justin just for some perspective this is from a harrison wind who covers the uh covers the nuggets anthony davis was held to 6 of 17 shooting by the nuggets desmond bain 4 of 17 shooting by the nuggets and now shave 2 of 16 so kind of a theme yeah. uh, amongst star players playing against this nuggets team to your That's point, Justin, nothing to be concerned about, but yeah, it, it is fascinating. Four free throw attempts for Shea tonight after he two was on Friday. Hacked. Um, I saw a stat earlier that Shea is leading the league in drive so far this season with 50 plus. The next closest player is Luca with 33. I would expect the free throw numbers to climb. Yeah. I would expect the free throw numbers to hope climb. So it almost seems like. He got to the line so much last season. It's like the NBA, like, I don't know. The refs are like watching out for it. Like, hey, he shouldn't be getting to, I don't know. I thought he was getting absolutely hacked. Like there was a, a play, on, it, they showed it on the, the uh, replay on the the brand new big Jumbotron, <laughs> Jacob, which is really nice. But where he, like after the play, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Peyton Watson. Like after the shot came down and just absolutely smacked him across the face and like poked his eye again. Yep. And it's just like, how is he not getting these calls? I don't know. I, I agree. I hope we eventually see that as well. Um, I do have two like quick fire negatives. Uh, okay. Just really quick with with no thoughts. I am curious when I say them, if either of you want to jump in on them. The first one being Josh Giddy. Um, he was a little better tonight in, in, in the sense that he had more points than Shea. 
it seems to me that Josh is really trying to find his fit within this team these first three games. And he also is not really leading the second unit like he was last year. Uh, Mark has kind of given that reign to J-Dub. And I'm kind of curious uh, to, to watch that moving forward. I think lineups will be tinkered with. We'll see that change. But I really think Giddy is kind of struggling to find his footing and kind of where he fits within this this team, as expected early on. It reminds me a lot of Josh Giddy at the start of last season. Yep. And I pulled this. I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, quick trip down memory lane. Game one last season, Josh had 14, 11, and four. That's points, rebounds, assists. 14, 11, and four. Then he had 19, 12, and six, which is a hell of a game. Um, after that, 10, two, and five. Had three inactives. Came back, went seven, 10, and one. 16, one, and five. 15, six, and two. Nine, six, and two. Uh, and after about game 10, you really saw Josh really start to come alive and take off. Took about a month. It feels similar to me. And there's still a lot of feeling out. Chet changes so much. Figuring out rotations, figuring out what everything is like. I feel like Josh is trying to be way more aggressive. Uh, and in so doing, he is playing a little out of control. Um, the Josh stuff is interesting. I'm giving it till at least Christmas. Agreed. It, it's just 20 it's game sample size. Gel. It's going to yep. take time to gel and that's okay. Yep. I was curious your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, sorry, Justin. No, I, I was going to say similar. I think that it's also, it, like you said, a, a different role last year, right? The emphasis was like, can him and Shay coexist? Like that was the number one question. And I think it was like figuring that out this year. Like you said, it's if he's if he's focusing on that starter role and less like I'm gonna start, but I'm really gonna lead the second unit. I'm gonna play again, you know, coexist with Shea a little bit, but I'm kind of gonna lead the second unit this year. It's very much I'm a starter. I'm gonna play mostly with the starters. Like you mentioned, Jacob, I thought was great with Chet. Like we've got to integrate Chet into this thing as well. It's just a totally different dynamic all around. I'd say more so than many of the other guys. Like Shea's role's not changing drastically. Lou Dort's role is not changing drastically. Like J Dub's getting a bigger opportunity with the second unit, but like Josh is getting really kind of pulled back and forth on this a little bit. So I think there, it's right to expect an adjustment period. Yeah. And then one last thing that I didn't want to, uh, that you mentioned earlier, Jacob, that I didn't want to neglect before we move on. I know we're going a little late here, but is Chet Holmgren uh, in this role that he's currently in. What does that look like if Jay Will is healthy or Kearns Williams is healthy? Is he better off being that defender like Mark Dignall described in whatever article that was uh, preseason about him kind of being more of the four defensively, right? And, and the help defender down low uh, going in and swatting shots compared to the main defender on a guy like Jokic. Obviously, yes. nobody's going to be a great defender on Jokic, but what does it look like tonight if the Thunder have Jay Will and Kenrich Williams healthy and or – does it really matter? Do they need to go and find another big? Like, why didn't we see Olivier Saar tonight? These are just kind of some random thoughts that were going through my head when you mentioned that earlier, Jacob. That, that's fair. Um, and I think this game does look different if Jay Will and Kenrich are back. I hope they are Agreed. back soon. Agreed. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention just real quick was a uh, great bounce back game from J-Dub. Uh, 13 points on six of nine from the field. Only got one free throw, uh, but had three rebounds, five assists, a block, and no turnovers. Uh, I thought a much better game from J-Dub than Friday night in Cleveland. Agreed. Only thing I would add there is just 
I almost want to say, again, this all comes back to super small sample size. Want to see this progress as we get deeper into the season. But I would like to see J-Dub take on a bigger scoring role and be more aggressive and assertive. Um, I think he should have way more than nine shot attempts. It's going to be interesting to see. Gentlemen, let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we have a little game we're going to play, kind of previewing the this these first three games in the beginning of the Thunder season. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we are back. So, guys, in order to, to recap the past three games, talk about the beginning of the season and some stuff maybe we're looking forward to as the season progresses. I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this. And I came up with a little game that I want you two to play. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I was struggling for a name with it. We have some fun segments with some fun names. I was struggling with a name for it. I wa- almost wanted to call it the... Um, uh, like the Goldilocks game, because we're going to have hmm. uh, like one not too, too hot, not too cold. Yeah. <laughs> so this game is too high, too low and just right. OK. Um, the way it works is I'm going to give you some stats in pairs, not in pairs, but in threes in, in triplets. I'm going to say stat one, stat two, stat three. They all kind of have a theme to them. And then I want you to choose which one of those things is too high right now, which one of them is too low, and which one is just about right for how you think the rest of the season will go. Make sense? Love it. I like it. Easy enough? I figure as we do each one, we can kind of chat about them a little bit, give some context. Um, for the listeners at home, they have not seen my stats yet. Uh, and for those watching the live stream, we'd love to get your guys' comments on your thoughts on which ones are too high, too low, and are even and should be where they're at. All right, you guys ready? Ready. Ready. 
first one is all about the team as a whole. I want you guys to choose which stat is too high, which one's too low, which one is about right. It's the shooting splits. The team as a whole is shooting 47% from the field, 39% from three, 82% from the free throw line. Which of those is too high for what you think it's going to end at? Which is too low for where it's going to end at? And which is just right? Again, that's 47, 39, 82. They're all too low, obviously. <laughs> Isn't that right, Taylor? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agree completely. My initial reaction is that the field goal is too low, the free throw is just right, and the three-pointer is probably too high. I think that as much as I would love for this team to shoot a cool 39% from three, like for the whole season, like that would be phenomenal. Uh, probably, probably doesn't stay there. 47%. That feels like it could, it could go up. Um, especially if they can find Chet as he's crossing a wide open lane at some point in the next 80 games, which I have yes. faith that they will. True. Uh, I think that helps And free throws. Like you, you keep that bad boy around 80 and I'll be a very happy man for reference. Um, their field goal percentage, the 47.1, is 11th in the league. The three-point shooting, 39%, is 6th in the league. The free throw shooting uh, at 81.8 is 6th in the league. Okay. Solid all around. I That is a... That's hard to disagree, disagree with Justin. I'm seeing... Sorry, I was trying to pull it up. And for whatever reason, when I go to NBA stats, and you click on the Thunder... And you or stats go to Thunder, click on stats, it just refreshes, even though every other team's does. Give me those numbers one more time, Jacob, just to make sure. Someone get Taylor a notepad 47, 47 from the field, 39 from three, 82 from the free throw line. Is it weird that I think that the three point percentage could go up? Yes, that's (laughs) kind of bold. I I, I like it though. See it. Again, it's not going to on the season. At the end of the year, we're not going to come back and say the Thunder shot better than 39% from the floor. I think there are going to be stretches where the Thunder go on big runs, big win streaks like we saw last year. Uh, what was it? After All-Star break, they came out and like tumbled. But then they went on a big win streak when we thought they weren't going to after that, for example. Um, I could see something similar because we're going to see Bertans get a stretch. We're going to see Isaiah Joe get hot. We're going to see this, this team kind of gel and rotations kind of uh, come together. And I could see this team go on a stretch of like 10 games where they shoot above 39% from three. I I think that's pretty heavily weighted towards that Cleveland or sorry, that, that first game uh, against Chicago, (laughs) which is why that percentage is so high, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of those Chicago like games than we did last season is my point. Um, I don't know. Thought I'd throw something that's something different. I like it. Just agreeing. I like it. Love it. All right. You ready for stats? Number two. Yes, please. Which one is too high? too low and just right for what you think the season will look like theme on this one Chet Holmgren 15.3 points 7 rebounds 2.3 blocks which number is too high which is too low and which is just about right ooh i'll let you go first tp almost wondering too low on rebounds okay the rebounds again were 7 and then points was 15.3 re- uh, blocks was 2.3 2.3 blocks per game is pretty incredible that feels just right uh i think we had a bet about that right it right did. at two 
right at two blocks. So I'm going to call that one just right. And then I, it's hard to say that 15 points is too high for Chet. Like this is a very unique one. Uh, I would actually push back on that a little bit. But if I had a, if I had a pick, that's one, the whole point was, of the game, Taylor. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <sighs> then give me make the, you make the too high for points. I guess maybe he ends up like 14 points something at the end of the year. Okay, so too high on points, too low on rebounds, just right on blocks. Be I low. I agree on just right on blocks. Um, I had a bet that didn't get used because we had like seven Chet block bets, but <laughs> I still have the stats pulled up. So 2.3 blocks last year would have him at fifth best blocks per game in the NBA, tied with Walker Kessler and Miles Turner. That's not bad company. Nope. Not um, at all. Like, and what's crazy about it, Jacob, is you mentioned it earlier, two of those games he's gotten zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, that's a crazy stat. Uh, but I'm going to go with just right because I think it will even out. I think it might be feast and famine this season. <laughs> but I, I think I think on the balance, that feels attainable. I'm going to say uh, 15.3 rebounds is too low. You mean points? Yes. Wow. 15.3 yes. rebounds 15. would be free. Too points. low. 15 rebounds. <laughs> is too low. I like it. What we've seen in these three games from his offensive bag has me feeling some type of way for what we're going to see from Chet the rest of the season because they still can't pass to him over the lane. That's now like the third time we've referenced that tonight. Like once that happens and Chet starts getting like easy baskets to complement his dream shakes and like trailer threes, that number's going to go up. And I guess that forces me to say that the rebounds is too high at seven, which makes me sad. We'll say it's a 6.9 for the rest of the <laughs> Okay. Uh, for the record, nice. Chet is averaging nine shots a game. We might need to get those numbers up. Yeah. True. That feel. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Next one. I need to know which stat is too high, which is too low, and which is just about right for where you think the season shakes out. Theme on this one: SGA. The stats are twenty field goal attempts, three point seven three point attempts. 3.7 free throw attempts. Ooh. I'll start this one. Um, free throw attempts, way too low. That's yep. going to go up. <laughs> thought I'd give you guys some low-hanging fruit on this one. one. Yep. <laughs> That's the easy one. Um, 20 field goal attempts feels just right to me, and 3.7 three-point attempts is a little high. Um, not wow. a lot. And I, I think just based off what we've seen from him, like – he's seemed more aggressive about going to the three. I'd be surprised if that sustains through the entire season. I think with the players, this team has on the roster and his ability to get to the basket whenever he damn well pleases. I think that that number probably goes down. I agree with that. Very hard to disagree to your point, Justin. I kind of see, maybe we see more like three, uh, three full goal attempts per game for, for Shea this upcoming season compared to last year. But it's not going to be dramatic, and I think ultimately he's going to go back to the bread and butter, especially if he has improved three-point shooting and spacing uh, around him like we've already seen throughout this small three-game sample size. So I agree with you. I would almost push back a little bit and go free throws are too low. Mm-hmm. Field goals are too high. Okay. And three-point attempts are just about right. Like if he was at yeah. like 18 field goal attempts a game instead of 20, and you siphon some of those away for like Chet. Yeah. And then you kept him shooting like four threes a game. I'd, I'd like to see five or six threes a game. That's just me personally. 
uh, opens up the floor a lot more. Uh, yeah. Be more of a spot up type of guy as well. But I think it's an interesting one. It is. Let's move on to the next stat set. This one is all about Josh Giddy. So which is too high, which is too low, and which one is just about right? 11.7 field goal attempts a game. 34.3 three-point percentage. Wait, is that right? <laughs> I need to recheck that. Sounds right, I th- I think to be right. honest. It feels right. It feels right. 34.3 for Josh. I'll, I'll recheck in just a moment. Um, and then the last one, minus 3.7 for his plus minus on the season. Yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and take those. Well, not quite, but too low for his his PER there. Um, I, I think eventually, as you guys kind of alluded to in the first part of the podcast when we were doing the breakthrough of this Nuggets game, uh, I know we were we were going long. I presented the question. I didn't want to dive into it too much. I do think Giddy will find his footing. I'm curious what it looks like, though. I'm not sure necessarily it's going hey, to look. Sorry, just to re-clarify. Yep. Um, it was 34.3 field goal percentage. He's 50% oh, okay. three right now. Oh, my 34. gosh. 34.3 is the field goal percent. Oh, man. Okay. So well, 11.7 I was going to... field goals, 34.3 field goal percent. Minus 3.7 in his total per game plus minus. Yeah, I, I think that uh, efficiency rating has to go higher, and I think it will. Uh, he'll eventually find where he fits within this this flow of the offense, and I think he'll be very effective at doing so. That gets really tough now. So I think too high is probably his the goal attempts per game there. Um, that could be a little bold given Josh Gideon, the player that he is. I get it, but I think to Jacob's earlier point, being very aggressive right now, going to the rim, but it almost seems with like not quite within the flow of the offense, especially if you want guys like check any more shot attempts, J dub, et cetera. I think that one might be a little too high for me. So that would mean that just right would be that 34% field goal, which feels really low. And if that's that, just right, if, he's shooting 34% the the season, from the field. Yeah. He's not we're playing in any trouble. Minutes. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't like that, but that's what I'm left with. Yeah. If, yeah, he, th- if he shoots 34.3%, <laughs> His theme song at the Paycom Center is going to be Deads by Migos. <laughs> I don't like any of these choices you presented to us. Yeah. Um, I think Either these all high feel or too low. low. Yeah. I think these all feel too low. Um, Even the field goal attempts? 11.7? I'd like to see a couple more shots for Giddy. But if you make me follow the rules, that's what I'm going to do. They are. I rules. will say 34.7 has to be the too low. Like you said, like that's the number that'll get you run out of town. Yeah. Um, especially in the fifties from behind the arc. Fifty percent. One. One of that two inside oh, the. Oh, he's only taking two, three. No, points no, he's taking more. I'm saying on per game average. Oh, yeah, okay. one of two. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, that is like, interesting. That that yeah, that's abysmal. What he's doing inside the arc, if that's what he's shooting from behind the arc, so that number has to go up. I'll say. Um, Minus 3.7 is, I guess, about right. Um, that's not ideal either. <laughs> that's not what you want. You know, losing points every time Josh Giddy's on the floor, and then 11.7 would be too high. Again, I'll, I'll cheat and say let's make it 11.6. Um, I, I want to see him animal. continuing to take shots. I, yes, I want him 
facilitating and doing what Josh Giddy does, like finding the passing lanes. But I think that if he's a guy that everybody knows isn't going to shoot, I think that hurts the floor spacing. I think that hurts the offense. He's got to be able to take some shots. And so ironically enough, Jacob, <laughs> he's actually averaging two three-point attempts per game. So he is one of two. One of two, yep, literally. <laughs> Quite literally. All right, everyone's favorite shiny new toy, Kaysen Wallace. That's our stat set next. Too low, too low, and too low. Next question. <laughs> Here are your three <laughs> stats for Kaysen Wallace. I need to know which one's too high, which one's too low, and which one is just right. Your stats are 19.9 minutes, 9.7 points, 1.7 three-point attempts. Wow. Once again, 19.9 points, 9.7 points per game, 19.9 minutes. I think I said points. 19.9 minutes, 9.7 points, 1.7 threes attempted a game. Which one is too high? Which one is too low? Which one is just right? I'm going to say 19.9 is a little high. I'd be surprised if at the end of the season he's pulling 20 minutes a game routinely. I think that'll that'll fluctuate and and even out somewhere a little bit lower. I would say that the um man, this gets hard. I know the 1.7 three point attempts. I'm gonna put that as too low. <laughs> okay. I think uh early returns are impressive, so let's let's keep him firing. And then 9.7 points is too high, and that's why this is hardest, because those two numbers don't go together. Um so let's just have him come in as a three-point specialist, I guess. I, yeah, I see, that's kind of that's where I'm finding myself too, Justin. Uh, it's like it 19.9 minutes, that feels high. Yeah. And if it's high, then like I can't say that 1.7 three-point attempts are too low in like less minutes than 19 minutes a game. I, I'm with you. That is a very tough. 9.7 points, though, feels just right. I'm, will, I, I'm fair saying that because if we're saying that the three-point attempts need to go up during his, his minutes – on less minutes, then he's probably going to have more than, I mean, if he makes three, three pointers, that's already nine points per game. And we know how crafty he is around the rim. Uh, some of the self creation that he's shown. So I think 9.7 feels just right. I'm, I'm good with that. 19.9, a little too high. 1.7, three attempts will go too low just because we kind of have to. <laughs> I think I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here, guys. I'm going to say the 19.9 minutes is just right. Mm-hmm. I've just been would. so impressed. Like yeah. defensively, he's gonna they're gonna love him. He's gonna play because he can defend. Nobody Nine. loves Thunder rookies more than Jacob. Hey, <laughs> I drink all the cool. If we could go back and just clip like early to mid-season reactions on Thunder rookies from Jacob in the past, I I'm think high on all be, of them. That would be an incredible thousand percent, baby. <laughs> uh nine point seven points maybe a little high. Maybe get maybe like settles at eight and 1.7 three point attempts too low. Get him up to two. He's yeah. not taking any difficult threes, he's taking like strictly catch and shoot ones. Yep, he's taking everything in the flow of the offense, he's not forcing anything. I love it. Oh, I, I like this. It. Give me some, give me some off the dribble queso threes. Oh, like, I'm not, I'm not I think we're ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Your next stat set comes courtesy of Jalen Williams, J Dub. I need to know which is too high, which is too low, and which is just right. Three free throw attempts a game. Four 
assists a game, 31.5 minutes per game. Hmm. Okay. So three free throw attempts per game. Is that right? Yep. Four assists. Four assists and 31.5 minutes. I'm going to say just right is 34.5 minutes per game. 31. I'm going there. Oh, sorry. 31.5, which is why I want 34 too low. Give me 34. Uh, no, the 31 that, that feels right. Four assist, three free throws, three free throw attempts feels way too low for a player like J dub. Who's driving to the basket. Like he does, especially if he's going to be the man running that second unit after Shea and Josh go to the bench. So for that reason, I think I'm going to go, going to go too low uh, free throw attempts. And then so the going assists, too high on assists. I mean, yeah, I guess. Again, I'm stuck with it. 3.9. I'm going to say 3.99. Too low on assists. If he's, if he's running the second unit, I want to see that assist number go up. I want to see him facilitating more. Otherwise... Like, give me some more Josh Giddy time with the second unit. Like, it's I want somebody I, in that's facilitating. That's what I wonder. Not just like, uh, you know, kind of differing up the play style with with J Dub out there. I'm gonna say that the 31.5 is too high. We got young legs, but like, let's tap the brakes a little bit. I think you know, like 29, 30 is more sustainable. And then three free throw attempts a game is just right. I think that it. Would I like it to be higher? Sure. But I think following the rules, <laughs> I think that J-Dub hater Justin, we don't, we don't need J-Dub living at the line. I think, I think three is fine. Okay. Last stat set. Our guy, Lou Dort, the Lou Tang clan, you know, which one of these is too high, which is too low and which is just right. We've got 53.6% from the field. 43%. From three, 1.3 steals. Once again, 53.6% from the field, 43% from three, 1.3 steals. Which is too high, which is too low, and which is just right? I think 43% is too high for, for what, like, that'd be incredible. If Lou Dort can do that for a season, I think that number likely comes down. I think 53.6%. There's a part of me that wants to say too low. My guy needs to be running to the rack every time and finishing 75% of the time. But I'm going to say that that's just right. 53.6%, like getting a lot of inside uh, buckets, the occasional three, if you can do it somewhere around where he's been like that, that works for me. And then 1.3 steals uh, is too low. Too low. I want to see that man putting more people in the torture chamber and getting his hands on more steals. I wish I could disagree, but uh, that's exactly what I thought when I typed that out while you were talking, Jacob. <laughs> Do you have anything different? I think you guys are on it. Hell of a start from Lou. Yeah. yeah. Very efficient. Great. Very we'll keep efficient. It up. Did you guys see J-Dub's uh, Instagram post? Yes. Of the torture chamber, but meme. a sponge, SpongeBob meme with the <laughs> casket up. It says, okay, get in. So good. <laughs> before we move on, because we are done with Thunder Talk, we're going to do a little bit around the association next. But before that, we need an update on our season week-by-week week predictions. Last week, myself, JD, 
Justin and Taylor all went two and one. Nick went one and two. Kamiar went one and two. So Kamiar and Nick are now at negative one. I think point. you all told me at the, the live watch party I went one and two, and I was like, no, I thought I went two and one. I can't remember. Two, maybe maybe oh, you're making oh, that up because you drank too much at the watch party, Taylor. I don't know. <laughs> too many Thunderitas. Um, so we all are even. Nick and Kamiar are at minus one point because they lost one game. If they went 0-3, they'd be minus two points. That's kind of how this is working. Makes sense. To the, to the fans, we are trying to decide some sort of payoff for the biggest loser this year. So if you have any thoughts, send them our way. We were thinking something like a donation to a charity or something like that, uh, something that's worthwhile. So with that being said, it is time for this week's picks. There are three games on the slate. The Thunder have the Pistons tomorrow, Monday night. Um, 24 hours from now, that game will be over. Pistons are 2-1 and one on the season with Cade Cunningham leading the way. He's averaging like 21 points and 7.5 and assists a game. Really good year for Cade so far. Really Wednesday good. night, they have the Pelicans. Pelicans are currently 2-0. and oh. They have three guys that are really carrying that team. Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. I think all three of those guys are averaging 18-plus a game. So it's truly a three-headed monster there. And then Friday, the Golden State Warriors come to town. So all three of these games are home games. The Dubs are 2-1 and one after knocking off the Rockets tonight. Uh, Steph Curry is having an MVP-level start. He's shooting something like 46% from three on 12 attempts a game, averaging like 33 Nuts. points. He's he's stupid, dude. He is so good. Nuts. So, JD and Nick are not on the show tonight. They uh, JD went two and one. He'll never guess what Nick guessed. <laughs> one, one and two. And, one and two for Nick. <laughs> That's actually so, a little optimistic for Nick. I need... The predictions, Taylor, you are first. I actually, uh, uh, unlike last week when I apparently went two and one, like I told you all on Friday, I actually am going one and two this week. And I think that win will come against the Pistons tomorrow night. For one, I'll be there in person again uh, and would like to see a win. <laughs> and two, I think they really will bounce back. We saw the starters obviously get, get set uh, pretty early, just due to the score of the game. And I think they have a pretty bad taste in their mounts. I think they'll respond well. I'm worried about that Pelicans matchup. I think they'll present some, some challenges similar to how uh, Denver did tonight for the Thunder. And the Warriors are the Warriors. That's the first game of the, the almost said playing, but the end season tournament. I'm going one and two. That's fair. Justin, what do you got? Give me two and one again. <laughs> I think the... Detroit game is going to be a lot of fun. I think the the young stars in that game, the the Cade versus Shea matchup, I think seeing uh, Thompson out there is going to be a lot of fun. But I, I think the Thunder can pull that one out. I agree with you, Taylor. I would love to see them get that national TV dub against the Pelicans. But that's one where I could see, like, dude, the Zion, like, Chet battle is going to be so... It's going to be like that one meme was it Taco yes. Fall and the like really short kid next to him in high school? That's what it's going to look like with Zion and Chet. Uh, I, I, I could see B.I. going off. And then the Warriors, the in-season tournament debut, the Thunder are going to come out swinging. 
and those Chet, nice new uniforms. Fancy the nice new, new court. Uniforms on the new court. I think Chet gives the Warriors problems that night. And everybody was saying today was Chet's welcome to the NBA moment. That's going to be the NBA's welcome to Chet moment. <laughs> I oh, love it. I love this. Yes. Uh, give me, give me two and one as well. Um, Ooh, went against I Detroit. I was going to be alone. Shea has a bounce back game against Detroit. Um, I guess give me the loss to the Pelicans and then a win against the Warriors as well. Like that would it. put the Thunder up four and two for which the first six, which would fantastic. be fantastic. Awesome. Really I would good. love that. Um, beautiful. Let's take our next break. On the other side, we will go around the association before we are done for the night. We'll be right back. And we are back. He's not here, but Silva, <laughs> play the sounder. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> this is where Silva would enter the... Uh... I don't even know where he's sitting at. No, 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 no. Okay. I assume it's already I appreciate played. you all uh, taking that, so I did not have to. Yes, I we assume know how Silva's, that turns out. If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> Silva played the sounder for you, gentlemen. <laughs> I thought it would be fun tonight to do our way too early assumptions of the season. We're two to three games in. We've seen enough. We've got it figured out. <laughs> Hit me with your biggest assumptions, grand takeaways. I will lead us off. Might be a little bit of bias because I just saw them today. Sports books, talking heads, everybody wanted to crown the Celtics and the Bucks to start the season. I've seen enough. Denver's repeating. They're Very hard that. to disagree. Not Very enough hard to talk disagree. about the struggle with continuity, with bringing in a brand new big guy like Dame to try to incorporate into your team or Drew Holiday. I believe in continuity. I believe in chemistry. I believe in people who run it back multiple years. Denver's winning another title. I love that. I love that. I think, yeah, based off what we've seen today, I buy that 100%. I'm going to go with a, a different route. Houston's giving OKC that pick. <sighs> you stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one as well. I had to go. Houston pick is protected one through four. So where does it land, Justin? Five, Are we getting top? Obviously. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know that it lands five, but man, they suck. Dylan Brooks. Fantastic. It one. makes me so happy to see him look so bad. Did you have you seen Dylan the, clip? the villain? The clip tonight with Curry? Yeah. Hilarious. I was watching that game on League Pass. And I was Dude. like, oh, my God, Dylan Brooks has got to go take off his shoes and leave the stadium. Dylan Brooks looks he like somebody who's never played up. 2K yes. before trying to defend. That like, is amazing. shooting, jumping at the wrong time. It was Steph bad. running down the court doing the home alone was so just good. incredible. So good. Let's see if I can find the – oh, yeah, yeah. Warriors ended up winning 106-95. The Rockets are 0-3 to start. 0-3, baby. And Ooh, their schedule is tough. It. Justin, I'm Love right there with you on that one. That was one of my big takeaways. Rockets are cooked, dude. 
Cook. I love it. I love it. Uh, so I have one. It's a little spicy. But I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be traded by the trade deadline. He just has to be. The reason is you look at this team, the Timberwolves are, what, one and two now, I believe. Anthony Edwards is, I mean, he's playing extremely well, 22.5 points per uh, points per game. But you're seeing the, the power struggle there between Cat, between Rudy Gobert. Imagine that. And then you have Nas Reed emerging off the bench. You've got to give this guy a little more time you got to give him uh more minutes more opportunity to emerge and it's just clogged when you have carl anthony towns and rudy gobert and you're paying them a gazillion dollars and whatever percentage it is of your cap you got to get rid of one of those two guys i mentioned cat or gobert and cat's the most logical makes the most sense i understand he's been there the longest the the loyalist etc etc i think it's time to trade carl anthony towns would not be surprised if that happens at the trade line I love it. I'll take another one. Um, I think the Mavericks are a play-in team at best. Oh, okay. A two and zero undefeated Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they beat. I'm with the you. Spurs, <laughs> which they were supposed to. Um, to beat the Nets, they needed some like literal voodoo. Like Kyrie Irving was like drawing a. Uh, ritual circle and blood in the locker room to get Luca to hit some of those shots. That's what they do in Brooklyn at halftime. He was like going around the court with Sage and like, yeah, like, and Brooklyn is fi- a fine team, but for them to have to win the way they did with that Luca performance, I just I don't know how much they're going to win. A big three point shot like Luca Magic. That was like a hook shot, hook a bank shot. It was unreal. Luca's a man. I love Luca. Luca's insane. I just don't think they've built a good team. Agreed. Speaking of us, Derek Lively hype, overrated. So I'm going to take the opposite angle here. I'm going to say that the Mavs are getting a a home court advantage. This Frisco native, the Homer, the Magic, and the Derek Lively (laughs) experience. Kyrie can do whatever he wants. They're, they don't have a lot of depth. But Derek Lively, I really wanted the Thunder to take Derek Lively. And he's been awesome. I think Derek Lively and Luca are going to be a super fun pairing all season long. And I think I think they uh, overperform. Okay. Hey, I got to tell you guys. That was a bet. <laughs> my preseason bet of the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. Oh, and three for the Grizz. Love it. Love it. Stuff. Okay, I got one. And actually, uh, you guys mentioned the, the Mavericks. You guys mentioned the Grizzlies just now. This kind of falls into place here. The Pelicans, 2-0, 2-0 start. Zion looks amazing. Incredible. Reminds me a lot of last season. I mean, they were like, Ooh. what, first in the West until Zion got hurt again, and then they weren't? I think we're going for a repeat for the Pelicans, and they will tank once Zion eventually gets hurt again after the first, whatever, 20-game sample size. Hey, something's got to give because the Mavericks and the Grizz play tomorrow night. Yeah, they do. So my my prediction, the Grizz lost to the Washington Wizards. Yikes. Hey. I just don't think the Wizards are great. I don't know. Oh, no, no, Jordan Wizards. Poole. I'm kidding. Is great. kidding, kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that, that's probably another one that we can mention here as well. The, the Wizards have been playing well. Yeah, good for I them. see that holding up. Same. <laughs> their, their offense has been playing well. We'll leave it and, at that. Anybody have any other bold assumptions after the first week? 
I will say that I, I didn't watch a lot of league wide. I've been very focused on the thunder and uh, a sport. That's not the, the not basketball. It is football, <laughs> unfortunately, but the no, Suns no, is a team. I have actually watched a lot. My Taylor right there. <laughs> a sport that is not basketball. It is football. It is football. <laughs> How about the Suns? I think they are very deep. I kind of like this weird like team that they've assembled in like one season. If they ever get a fully healthy team with no load management, they're going to be really, really good. Maybe we're underestimating the lack of chemistry there. That's maybe my last one. Uh, in the chat, we got Bulls are blowing it up as an early season assumption. Blowing it up from the inside. Yeah, got to have a players only meeting after game That's one. Incredible. incredible. Thunder beat their ass so bad they had to hash <laughs> it out for the season to even really off and running. I love it. Sources saying the Thunder had a players only meeting after the Nuggets game tonight. I, I was listening to the the low post on the drive back from our watch party, and they were talking about the Bulls, uh, him and Nikias. And <laughs> Low said something along the lines of like one of the players, I don't I don't know who it was, said something like, Yeah, we just we can't let that happen again. He was like, Let what happen again? Lose a close game to a really good team? Like that's gonna happen all season, buddy. Hey, they were gassing up the Thunder. Nakai is saying, like, top three in the West? He did. That should have been on this segment. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I just, what we saw tonight, I think it's, you got to pump the brakes just a little. Pump the brakes. Just a little, not not too much. I might be more optimistic about the Thunder now a weekend than I was two weeks ago. Agreed. Okay. Totally. Especially when you get Jay Will and Kenrich back. That size and that toughness is going to be massive for them. Yep. Yeah. I I I just I don't feel pretty good about the Thunder guys. I'm just feeling this push and pull of like you could play Bertans, Kendrick Williams, and um and Jay Will off the bench, but instead we're going to be trying to also develop right, which I don't disagree with. I'm not saying I do. I'm just I think that push and pull early on in the season is going to result in some up and down games. Like we've when do seen we think so we far. see Bertans? I I would say yeah, he's been talking about him like yeah. an inevitability. When's he actually touched the floor? That's kind of uh, here's what I do if I'm the Thunder. He's his contract is only guaranteed if he plays seventy percent of the games. Correct. That's also sit a great thir- point. Sit him the first thirty percent of the season. <laughs> That's actually a great point. And then you you have you don't have to worry about sitting him the rest of the year. Oh you can play gosh. whatever the hell you want. Just sit in that first stretch, and you, you get out. that first twenty game sample size in of like <laughs> and youth development, you and because you can play them as much as you want, and, oh it, and then you're competitive. And then we're the third in the third seed in the West, and we don't have to pay Berton. Yeah, it's genius. Big brain right there. Chestnut checkers. Shout out to Pressy. <laughs> Beautiful. Any other thoughts before we get out tonight, guys? I will be back. And uh, it will be a back-to-back for your guy back to back. here as well uh, as I will be in attendance for tomorrow's game. Tomorrow, I'm really excited. Yeah. No promises. Home, I, will not be, I will not be bringing the toddler. Uh, he is uh, for, forbidden from games until he Smart. <laughs> forbid from games until he forbidden. Yeah. <laughs> forbidden. <laughs> that sounds German. It does. Forbidden. Anyways, I'm excited uh, to watch. <laughs> That's German for they four babies. <laughs> Uh, All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to everyone who came out to the watch party. Yes. We had an absolute blast. blast. What a week for the uncontested. Just living on cloud nine. Just 
Nothing but vibes, man. Incredible. You guys enjoy the next week of Thunder Basketball. We'll be with you every step of the way. Make sure, if you don't already, you're subbed to all of our YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of our accounts. Download the pod wherever you get your podcasts at. Drop a five-star rating. Leave a little comment. Uh, We have it set up in our Slack channel where it always pops up whenever we get a new comment. and just makes my, my heart a little happy. So... If you're in Oklahoma, stay warm, dude. It sucks out there right now. Enjoy happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Spooky season. We'll be back with you Monday night tomorrow. Until then, as always, thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.